0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Capital Chatter. I'm your host Violet Ravenstow. and I'm Emerson Wimblewick. Um so first of all, it, Hannah not being here is not really her fault. She's um in an a- appointment and we kind of I f- kind of forgot to like check with her cuz like you know she's been gone so many times and then I just like forgot. So that's kind of on me, but it's also a little on her, whatever. Yeah. But anyway, so before we start um We have some announcements. First off is our question from episode 33 was um, do you think Boggs is part of the LGBTQ plus community? Um so in last place was nope. Second place was yes, and first place was I could see it. So we don't have a definitive definitive. Oh, bless you. Thanks. That was a really cute sneeze. That was like sorry, that was was really good. Yeah. We don't have a definitive answer from our listeners, Um, but, like, I agree, I could see it, like, it's hard to be, like, yes or no, but, like, because obviously, like, we don't want to assume anything, but, yeah, I could definitely see it, Um, yeah, and so today is chapters 9 and 10, these are really exciting because, obviously, this is, like, we finished the first third of the book with the end of chapter 9, um, and I'll, I was also thinking this week, we're going to, this episode, we're going to do a segment about food in Panem and overall about the choice, like Emerson, you're vegetarian. Um, so like how that choice, if you were like in Panem, like how that would, a choi- that choice would affect your survival and then how like bread plays a huge part of their society and just all these things. So today's segment is going to be about food. Um, Yeah, but we can start with Chapter 9. Also, this week, we finally have recipe alerts again. So, yay! All right, Chapter 9. No one mentions Peeta's interview to Katniss, not even Gail. This brings her mood down. She and Gail get into an argument about him not telling her, and they stop talking. Cressida wants her and Gail to go back to 12 to film some stuff there. They walk around, tell stories, and Katniss ends up singing the Hanging Tree song, a song sung to her by her dad. She thinks about how a long time ago her father sang it. Okay. Sorry, that was like really repetitive. Um, they walk around some more before going back to District 13. There they see another interview with PETA. But this time, Beatty has hacked into the Capitol's broadcast system and it. And while the interview is going on, shows mini propos. PETA sees Katniss on the screen and attempts to warn her of something before getting knocked to the ground by a guard. Ooh. So, yeah, and does, isn't there
1: blood splatters on the floor? Yeah, and
0: there's blood. He's knocked down. I didn't want to be, like, super, descriptive, you know, but, yeah, he gets knocked down. But we, we can talk. We'll talk about that. Yeah. All right. So the fact that Gail mentions nothing about Peta's interview is such a betrayal because they used to tell each other everything. And now he's starting to have different priorities. And I think that's, like, a main theme of these two chapters is, like, Gail and her are drifting apart. So we're kinda we're gonna talk about that a lot. But like this is a big like withholding of information, especially it's not like just random information. Like this is information that's obviously gonna mean a lot to her. And Emerson, I was actually like posing the question, do you think there's like any part of Gail was like withholding information because he's jealous of PETA and her relationship?
1: Probably that was the main reason. I mean, I know he said that like it was because like he thought it would make her sick or whatever but or they thought it would make her sick or whatever but like I still I think like secretly he just like didn't want to tell her because he knew that he was felt like worrying about him and he didn't and he obviously still is in love with her
0: so. yeah he wants the attention on himself yeah uh, gale 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 Gale, gale. Every time, every time we think, oh, he's going to get better and then he doesn't get better. Um, And then on the other hand, Katniss and Finnick are growing even closer. And I think I said this in the last episode. He's starting to replace Gail as her like number one. Um, And so I don't know. I don't know if this is a good, good switch or a bad switch. Um, I'm not quite sure. What do you think? I think it's a good switch. I think that
1: you know, um Katniss had a, a lot of good uh, experiences with Gail in the past, but you know she's very she's a very different person now and so is he. So it's like
0: hmm. Yeah, they've been through so many life changing experiences that they're not the same people that they were anymore. And so they may not need the same things that they used to need in a relationship. Was in a friendship. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. We have a recipe alert. So recipe alert. Page 77. District 13's venison stew. Venison is one of the foods Katniss and Gale, Katniss and Gale, and sometimes Finnick, contribute to District 13 once the heroes are allowed to hunt. Like the deer used in this recipe, Katniss used to feel free in the woods, but is now cornered and caged in the controlling District 13. First of all, that's a really good metaphor. Like, wow. Could not have thought of that. And then second, well, Emerson, you can't eat it because you're vegetarian. I would eat this. I don't know. Stew has, like, never been, like, a big thing for me. But, like, I love venison. You do? Deer is actually really good okay you gotta trust me on this one but like deer is like one of those underrated meats that like people don't you know like the big meats are like chicken beef pork you know but like venison is actually really really good so well,
1: just take your word for it yeah
0: and it's just like it's interesting because obviously it's not like there are no deer farmers like you know how there's like cattle farms and all that but like deer is just not something that as far as I know, that we, like, cultivate a lot, but it's pretty good, so. um Yeah. And that's a pretty good metaphor, so. I, w- I would eat this, but. So, Katniss is reflecting on her interview, on PETA's interview, and he's right, because she's not in control of District 13, and she obviously doesn't know what's going on, like, Gail's not withholding information from her, and, like, the fact that he withheld information from her means that, like, it would make you question, like, what other stuff is he not telling me? You know? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Like, if it's one thing, then it could be other things that she doesn't know and then it's like, uh uh-oh. And, like, if I were in her position, I would be really, really paranoid right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, good question. She's like, oh, no, like, what's happening? Peta. Exactly. Everyone's like, oh, no, like, blah, 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 blah. But, like, no one's actually thinking about, like, Peta is obviously deteriorating. And everyone's like, oh, he's fine. So, yeah. I think that they are not concerned enough about him. Considering that... Also, this is the point that I just thought of. But, like, if Peta were to die, he, like, he's not as much as a face of the Rebellion as Katniss is. But the fact that he's, like, posed to the, all of the people in the districts as um, Katniss's lover... If you were to like die, that would obviously not be good. So, like, it would all you would think it would be like in their best interests to save PETA, right?
1: I don't think they're thinking about it like that. I mean, obviously, you know, we are, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that, you know, District 13 is thinking about it like that.
0: I just think they're dumb then. Okay. I would save PETA. Alright. And then G- Katniss and Gail have their fight. And again, this is, I think, just a really obvious example of their relationship and how it's already fractured, but this is like the first actual break we get to see where they're like not talking, they're ignoring each other. So it's definitely like, I don't know if this can be repaired. Um, so, yeah. And then Okay, so then there's, right after their fight, um, there's a mini part where Katniss says something like, maybe this fight is my fault. And, like, I just want to say that the, I don't think that it is her fault. um, Because, like, Katniss hasn't really done anything wrong. She's been through all of this trauma, and people still continue to lie to her and be untrustworthy. And um, also, I think a while back in one of the first episodes when we were doing Mockingjay... Um, I talked about victim blaming and how it kind of shows up a lot in Katniss's own mindset. And I think that this is an example of this where she's like, oh, it's my fault. And I'm like, no, Katniss, like, I don't think it's her fault. Do you think it's her fault? No. Exactly. Like, sorry, you can talk. I'm eating my um, Reese's peanut butter cup, so. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not Katniss's fault. Just period. Yeah. Like, how would it be her fault? I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so now her and Gail have to go back to 12 and relive all these memories. And I think that that would just be really challenging because she's obviously been there before. When, like, right at the beginning of the book. Mm -hmm. But I think that then she was still not fully able to process it because... Obviously, she was under a lot of medication. She was still, like, in shock. But now that she's at least a little more healed, it will be more, like, eye-opening to her. So, like, I don't know. This would not be great. It'd be like if... I don't know. It would just not... It would just be really, really hard. And then... The (sighs) Mockingjays. So, I love how they, um like have a I put quote unquote conversation with Pollux he's the AVOX um and it just like how it's not really like they're not talking but they're still able to communicate through songs and I think it like seems very obviously very sweet but also just very fitting with what they represent because like the Jays are usually like a symbol of hope I think or just I don't know like um, Like, when Katniss thinks of the Mockingjay, she, like, thinks of her dad, who's obviously passed away. So I think that Mockingjay is, like, it's just, like, very fitting of them to be in that scene. I don't know how to explain what I'm saying, but do you get what I mean? Uh, kind of? <laughs> Wonderful. I mean, like, ugh,
1: how do I explain? Yeah, I mean, I get that you're saying that, you know... Uh, you know mocking jays are typically seen as a symbol of hope but like I just I don't get why this is tied together with Avoxes
0: because like Pollux hasn't really been able to talk to anyone yeah. in a really long time and now he's able to sort of like communicate his like feelings and thoughts with the mocking jays, which I would assume would give him hope I don't know Emerson <laughs> okay I don't know if, if if that made sense to anyone or didn't I'm, I'm sorry i don't know but i don't know it's just because he's been through a lot in the mockingjay seem to be like comfort comforting to people and blah 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 all right right rest Reci- do you want to read the recipe alert uh sure
1: recipe oh wait it's the last the, the previous one uh recipe alert page 102 Propos grilled cheese sandwich. After agreeing to be the face of the rebellion, Katniss, Gail, and various members of their team explore the outskirts of Katniss's old home specifically in the meadow. Uh, before launching into a heartbreaking song sung by her father, Katniss and the troops enjoy a cheese sandwich cheese sandwich of meal oh i see cheese sandwich a meal that like katniss's memories
0: harkens back to childhood i love a good good oh my god i can't talk i love a good grilled cheese sandwich i had a grilled cheese sandwich for lunch today oh yummy uh for lunch i had indian food yum yeah but i wish i had a grilled cheese sandwich Okay, because like my parents make grilled cheese sandwiches that are just like okay. And obviously I know that like the fat like the grilled cheese sandwiches that they sell at all like McDonald's or not M- McDonald's is a bad example. But you know like more of the uh, um like diner food. yeah, fast food type grilled cheese sandwiches. Yeah. I know that they're less good for you and everything, but like man oh man. They hit the spot. So, I really want a grilled cheese. You know, like, because they just use, like, they use, like, American cheese, and they use white bread, and I know that's not good for you, but, oh, they're so good. We had them at camp. I go to camp every year, or I used to, and they had them at camp one time, and they, like, made so many of them, like, you could just have as many as you wanted, and I had three grilled cheeses, and then the next day, they took, they'd taken the extras and chopped them up, and they were, like, in the salad bars, things you can put on your salad, and I just took a bunch of them and ate them. That's weird. The, the grilled cheese bits on your salad? Yeah, like you know croutons. You, they like, of course. they kind of like wrote they, they like toasted the bits. So they were like crouton-y
1: Oh, that makes more sense. I was like yeah. Why you just put grilled cheese
0: bits? On yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no, they were like they were like grilled cheese croutons then because they, they chopped them up into little real like tiny squares. And then I just ate them because they were really, really good. Um, my, my camp is going back to
1: in-person this year, and I'm very excited.
0: That's really good. No, I can't go to camp now because I do summer school. And with summer school, like, you can only miss, like, three days. And the camp I go to is, like, a week, so.
1: Yeah, my sister decided to do summer school this year. So it means she won't get to go to camp.
0: But yeah, she yeah. thinks it's gonna be because. Whoa. What? Sorry, you just like there was like a shh noise.
1: Oh. Uh, well, yeah. So she, what am I? What was I uh, say?
0: She she chose um to go to summer school.
1: Even though she won't get to go to camp because she wants a study hall because. Um, yep.
0: Yep, yep, yep. I get that. Yeah, I go to camp, or I go to... Ugh. I take summer school so that I can have an extra elective. Yeah. So, anyway, that's not what we're supposed to be talking about right now. <gasps> yeah. Okay, so then um, Katniss sings her song. Are you, are you coming to the tree? The strong up a man, say who murdered three. Strange things that happen here, no stranger would it be. That song. Um... Yeah, and this is by far the most famous of the Hunger Games songs. Like, it's if you so creepy, it is really creepy. We will get to that in a second. Cause the one that she sings to Rue, like deep in the meadow under a willow, that one. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, guys. I don't sound like that when I sing. I was doing that on purpose. But um, like that one is just less well known. Like, obviously, people still know it who've read the Hunger Games. But like this one, the this Hanging Tree song is known by like even people who've just seen the movies um and Jennifer Lawrence just nails it when she sings this song so it's really really good I love this scene um yeah all right so we will get to the interpretation of the song in a second first of all Katniss sort of has like a flashback to thinking about like how she was singing it, and then her dad was singing it, and then they were making necklaces out of rope, blah, blah, blah. So creepy. (laughs) Yeah, and this one's it's just so interesting because this flashback gives us a view into Katniss's old life when her father was alive and her mother wasn't depressed. Because we've sort of, Katniss has been thinking about like, oh, back to after her father died, and then it was just her prim and her mom. But we haven't really heard a lot about when her dad was still alive. So I think that this is kind of interesting to hear about. And I think it gives us more insight into um, Katniss's character.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And, Emerson, what were you going to say about the interpretation? Because now we can talk about that.
1: Uh, well, it's, okay. So I think that, you know, Okay, well, she's like trying to like think of like where the origins of the song came from. Yeah. It's so creepy. Oh my god. Okay, but, uh, like, what if, what if, cause there's a line, I can't remember what it was. But like, anyway, I was thinking, what if, what if she switched it? What if he, the murderer guy, wasn't, what if he, uh, What if he was? uh, Sorry, my brain. Uh, what if he was? Uh, hanged for murder of the lady that he was singing to, or whatever. Oh
0: wait, actually, that's really interesting. One second. Wait, you said he was hanged for the murder of the lady he was singing about.
1: Yeah, that's my theory.
0: Let me find it.
1: Let's see. He he is, you know, sentenced to death for murder. But what if, you know, because, you know, he's like singing to this woman who Katniss presumes is a lover. But what if
0: he's her killer? Interesting. Interesting. That's creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, where I told you to run. Wait, so you're saying he's... Wait, is, is the lady singing? No, I, I don't know. Or is the murderer singing? Candice thinks it's the murderer that's singing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm too tired right now to go in-depth to that, but I like that theory. And that sort of takes us into the next thing that... Um, What makes this song even better for me now rereading these books is when we read The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which is the prequel, this song, there's references to it. And which I just think makes it a 100 times better. So we'll get to that. But just get ready, Emerson, because it's pretty cool. Okay. So, yeah. And then Katniss is something that I think is really insightful and kind of sums up what's happening to her and Gail, which is, um, the glue of mutual need that bonded us so tightly together for all those years is melting away. And yeah, I feel like this is kind of what's happening to her and Gail's relationship. So much of what their relationship was, was built on hunting together and surviving together. And now that they don't need that anymore, it's like, what do we, what's even left, you know? Yeah. So it's just like very it's eye opening. Yeah. Um all right. So then um Katniss and G- Katniss like is like maybe odds and then she throws the berry really high in the air and like he catches it and Gale accepts the berry. And like as much as I don't like Gale and everything, I think that his and Katniss's friendship has gotten her through a lot. And so, like, if her and him, like, still being friends will make her happier, like, I'll survive with it, you know? Yeah. Basically, I'm just, like, Katniss first. So, Katniss needs to do what she needs to do, basically. Whoa. Oh, I just zoomed forward. That was crazy. Okay. Um... Ah. And then Katniss grabs all for things from victor's village from their house and i think this is actually just like smart in general without needing to like look through all the nostalgia because then it's just like extra stuff to help out back in 13 you know like now they have mason jars and now they have more i don't know like i would just be like let's take the sofa and the you know like i would be like let's clean all of these houses out right yeah like that's what i would do but Alright, and then there's a scene where she kisses Gail. And why? I-, See, I... I can't figure... I cannot figure out why she kisses him
1: because from what I think, I think she's just because w- wants him to um... Sorry, uh... I think she just wants him to To, to, I'm sorry, my brain is so totally broken. You're
0: good. You're good. Uh, it's from
1: exams. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Yeah, I used like all of my
0: brain power on that. Um, Yeah,
1: I don't know. I feel like
0: she just kind of like, she's like, feels bad for him. Yeah. Or personally, I interpreted it as like she kissed him to just like try and stop him from crying. And like that in itself is flawed because Katniss like that that shouldn't be your way to stop people from crying. But like also the main one is that after that happens, he says, "I knew you would do that," and that is like so creepy because that implies that he cried just so that she would kiss him, which is emotional manipulation, and it's not okay.
1: So, she also emotionally manipulates him because
0: she kisses him to stop him from crying? crying. I guess, and I think that that would be true if Gail was crying for real. But because, like, he's fake crying, he kind of starts it. Okay. You, You know? Yeah. But I agree, the fact that she's just, like, going around kissing people to stop them from crying is not great either. So I think if he had been genuinely crying and then she kissed him, I would be mad at her. But because he was fake crying, I'm mad at him. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. All right. Plutarch is, um, this is on a completely different thing. Plutarch is talking about, Um. on the Hovercraft ride home, about these weapons that they don't have, like that we have, as in the, like present. But the people of Panem don't yeah. anymore. And it's like biological weapons and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, why don't they just make new ones? If they know that they existed at one point, why don't they just make more? Um, just-
1: I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe Plutarch wants to make them, but... It's like he. Like, because he's like talking about it and obsessing about it. But like, he's not the president, he, obviously. So he doesn't, I don't think he has like. Yeah. He's just like talking about it because like he wants other people to
0: agree yeah, to that.
1: that. Like, yeah, I guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Alright. Um, another recipe alert. Wait, oh, I scrolled too far. Okay. Recipe alert. Page 80. Pea soup for your sorrows. After a full day of shooting propos for the rebellion, an, an exhausted Katniss helps herself to an extra large portion of pea soup. Sometimes all you can do when feeling down is eat a bowl of warm soup and hope for a better tomorrow. A tomorrow Katniss fights for. The fact that she's allowed to take an extra large portion of anything in District 13 is indicative of her importance to the Rebellion. Would you eat this?
1: I don't like peas. Yeah, neither I do I. I, don't, I mean, soup is my favorite. It, it depends on the recipe, but...
0: Same. I don't. I don't like peas. And just in general, I also don't like soup, so probably not. But... Okie dokie, next one. Um, Alright, so... Oh, Peta is back on TV. He's obviously experienced even more trauma than the last time that they saw him. And again, this brings up the question, will this affect him permanently? Um... per Like, by this point, I think...
1: Like, because, you know, since the last time we saw him, he's been worse. So I think by this point, like... He's going to keep getting worse. I think he's like. Slowly losing his mind.
0: Yeah. Like they're torturing him obviously. Mm -hmm. And like the torture. Can have a big. Impact on your mental health. Um, And it can. Create a lot of PTSD obviously. Later on. And based on the fact that not only is PETA going through. It's torture. He also went through two Hunger Games. And an abusive mom. Like it might be too much, yeah. You know, but that's for you to decide. So, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So, B, So then, Beatty like hacks into the thingy Bob and does this, does his thing. But, um, again, I agree with something that Katniss says. She says the recognition that with every cheer, Peter slips even farther from her grasp. And I think this is pretty accurate because the more that they antagonize the capital, the more that the capital will take it out on PETA and the less chance that he has of survival. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like they... Everyone kind of has their own priorities, obviously. Like, Coin's priority is to overtake the capital and become president. Plutarch's priority, I guess, is also to overtake the capital and get the credit for it. But then, like, Katniss's priority... She obviously wants to overtake the capital, but like she also wants to make sure Peta's safe. Same thing goes for Mitch. And then like no one knows what Gale's priority is. Like it's just very, you know, it's it's everyone's sort of fighting for their own little thing, which means not everything always makes everyone happy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then Peta gives his warning, like, and you in thirteen dead by morning. First of all, it's like a really bad way to give a warning. Like, why don't you be like, they're gonna send bombs to 13. Like,
1: <laughs> it's so He's vague. losing his mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he couldn't handle it, but like, it's not that, I don't know. I don't know. Just seemed a little unnecessarily vague. And then, Peter gets knocked out, and his blood splatters the tiles. And... Not great. Not a great ending. Aren't you guys glad that I didn't make a stop here? I would
1: have probably read ahead if you made.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: Because, you know, when I uh, was listening to this chapter on audiobook, it like ended there and I was like, oh my gosh. And so then when I read, but I didn't have a whole lot of time. I only had like a half hour to listen to the next chapter. So I put it on like double speed. Yes. And I listened to it very quickly.
0: So. All right. Um, so Emerson, we were gonna do this food segment now, but I think we might just push that to next week based on the fact that you have to leave it for. Yeah. So, okay guys, we're gonna do our food segment next week. Sorry about that. Just gonna give make it we're just, you know. Should should
1: we do you think we should invite wait, should we do you think we should invite like Sophia and Hannah to the food episode? Because Well it won't well, if we didn't well, Sorry, I was just thinking that our like because, like, food segment, you told me that, like, you had this idea, oh, you were very hungry and you wanted food. So, like, I think maybe you could make it, like, a bigger thing.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I was def- it definitely has the potential. I was thinking, at least for this, to be more along the lines of discussing the concept of food in Pan Am. Right. Rather than, like, the actual physical food itself.
1: That can be a different
0: yeah so that this was more about the sort of concept of like for example how all of the districts have their own versions of bread and how pita is literally named after bread and panem is named after bread and like how big of a role that food plays in their society you know that but yeah sneak peek yeah, yeah sneak peek guys all right um so chapter 10 summary Katniss freaks out, and Haymitch gets them to take PETA's warning seriously, so Coin orders a bomb drill. They all make their way farther and farther down into the bunkers. Katniss follows the instructions and does everything she's supposed to before realizing Prim still isn't there and has gone to get Buttercup. Katniss freaks out, but successfully saves Prim and the cat. Gail stops by and gives Katniss her things, and they prepare to sleep. Katniss's mom has to go work in the infirmary, so it's just Katniss and Prim. They talk, and Prim gives Katniss advice. Telling her she doesn't think President Snow will kill Peta Because he is the only leverage Snow has over her. Okay. So first of all, I would literally, like... I don't know if I'd die on the spot. This is kind of an overreaction to when I was reading it for the first time. Not the first time, but recently. And, but like... I don't know how I'd react to Peta's um, message and abuse. But it would not be pretty. So, I feel like Katniss' reaction is pretty pretty good how she's, like, trying to scream, but, like, she can't even scream because she's too in shock.
1: Well, yeah, and also she... Uh. Like, everyone around her is, like, arguing, and, like, she just feels kind of, like, overwhelmed and also drowned out by everyone. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I would imagine, like, kind of, like, she would feel like she's not being heard, in like her voice i'm thinking we watch you know how we watch like moxie um yeah moxie's like one of my favorite movies of all time it's on netflix so listeners you should listen to it let us know how you like it but anyway um when she like right at the beginning scene when she's trying to scream Mm -hmm. and she can't scream and that's kind of what i'm thinking of here yeah all right, so then, thank you, Hamich. Um, he obviously was like, "No, like Peta was warning us. Like, don't be dumb. Let's let's listen to the warning because it would have been even worse if Peta was hurt for nothing, and they like didn't listen to his warning. They're like, "Oh, like it's fine," and then they all died, and then Peta also like got tortured even more for no reason. Yeah. So at least this way, like the warning worked, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, so then Katniss is, like, describing these alarms as blaringly loud, like, into your whole soul. And really loud alarms, like, freak me out. Like, I don't, like, get panicky or anything, but just say they give me a lot of anxiety. And, like, fire alarms at school and stuff are stressful enough. So I feel like this would just cause me a lot of, like, anxiety. Like, in just nervousness. Mm -hmm. Yeah so that's just something that... yup okay and then they go super 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 deep super deep down and like are they walking yeah like that's so crazy man like how deep do you think they're walking uh mine deep like how deep is that I
1: don't know
0: fine I'll look it how up. how deep is a mine how deep does a mine go how deep does a mine? No, mine go. I think I got a paper cut from a paper plate. How? How? <laughs> okay, the deepest mine is two and a half miles deep. How deep is the average mine? Five hundred m and two thousand m. I need it in miles. Um, yeah so the deepest one is 2.5 miles but we also have to think about the fact that district 13 is already underground so it's like less you know because they're already starting down but I don't know I would imagine probably the lower probably they're already like a
1: certain amount of feet down or whatever like two three hundred feet like a hundred yards down or something and then they had to go the rest of the two mile the two miles down
0: well i'm sure it's not two miles i would imagine it was more like um 0.7 miles because i can't imagine that they're going they're walking down two miles i don't because that's the deepest mine in the world the deepest mine in the world is two and a half miles all right this bunker it just like she just describes it as it being like very crowded there's a lot of people and like uh oh, it would just not I would not enjoy sleeping in this bunker you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: like all these people crowded together just it would not be my thing um and then Pl- plutarch plutarch tells katniss she's gotta hold it together lead by example and it works that's what i think is so cool is that like um she's even more of a leader than she realizes and that people watch her pay attention to what she's doing follow her more than she knows so yeah
1: yeah but then when she like pushes through the crowd it's not
0: yeah well that part's not great but she's at least she's doing good at the beginning yeah And I feel like the beginning is the most key point. Because once everyone's kind of set up, then it's not like they're going to freak out. But I feel like they're more likely to freak out right at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. So once again, like, it's like Katniss saving Prim is like a theme here. It's like, oh no, Prim went to get the cat. Now we got to stop her from dying. So, um, but yay, she does it. And Gale is there too. And I love Katniss and Buttercup's relationship. We like. There's just always these small things where you're like, "Wow!" Like all of the relationships in this book are so well developed. Even Katniss's relationship with a cat is like really in in depth. And like Katniss hisses at the cat before Mm -hmm. Buttercup can hiss at her, which I honestly do with Elvis sometimes. Elvis is my dog. What? You hiss at your dog no I bark at my dog oh like <laughs> yeah Elvis is my dog mm-hmm. and occasionally like if he's given me that look where I know that he's gonna start barking at me to ask for food or something I just like bark at him first and then he usually just barks back at me and then there's like a whole thing but yeah it is like really satisfying to beat to like do it before them so <laughs> no, I don't hiss. No. <laughs> you hiss at your dog? <laughs> like, hiss. Um, no, but Emerson, I do hiss at people. That's a lie. But I've always wanted to just, like, the next time someone's mean to me, just be like, hiss. <laughs> Shut up. Hiss. So, yeah. I do appreciate that Gail remembered Katniss's things and he went and got them. And I think it was thoughtful of him. And I feel like he's also trying to mend their relationship. So at least he's not like, oh, like, this is all Katniss's job to fix it. Like, he obviously is taking a role in it, too. Okay. So then the Bob's... The bomb... I'm yawning. The bomb start. And I would just like to point something out. PETA kind of saved Prim's life. Yes. Because if he hadn't given that warning... They wouldn't have had a head start. Like they obviously probably would have evacuated eventually once they saw like the bomb planes coming in or whatever. But like if they didn't have the head start, she might still have been get getting Buttercup when they hit. And then she and Gail and Buttercup could all be dead.
1: Okay, well, uh, I'm gonna say three two two things. First of all, I like how Buttercup was like you know, how when Prim found her, Buttercup was, like, looking for Prim. Like, yeah. so, like, it, it, so Prim kind of, like, said that Buttercup was, like, trying to protect them or whatever, which, you know, I think it's sweet. And I definitely think that, you know, pets do that.
0: They, yeah.
1: like, They care. We'll, they yeah. care
0: more than we know.
1: Yeah, and they know when there's a dangerous situation that. Yep. Um, but also, so I think it was a combined effort. I think Peta, Peta's warning combined with Gail just coincidentally going back to get cat yeah. things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I don't. I guess Gail kind of helped Prim because he helped her get down yeah. there faster, but I think Peta's yeah. thing is the main thing. Gale probably got them like thirty seconds, but I feel like Peter got them like five minutes. So, and it actually mentions in the next chapter, I think, how much time Peter saves them. So, um, so, um, yeah. And then I just like how there's this whole moment where um, Prim and Katniss get to chat. I think it's sweet because um, they obviously haven't talked in a long time. The last time we that we like fully saw them talk was like, was I in Catching Fire? Or yeah. no, 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 It was in Mockingjay when, like, where Prim is like, you have more power than you realize or whatever, and like tells her to go negotiate with them. So, yeah, yeah. But like that, just in general, like Prim is actually pretty smart.
1: I feel like she got a lot wiser in the time that Katniss
0: had been away. Agreed. Yeah, I don't think Katniss is still fully realized that.
1: So yeah, I think, uh, you know, like. Or Prim having to like take care of not only herself but also her mom and like all of the uh, yeah
0: patients or whatever. Yeah, she's just like grown up. So um, if, if
1: Prim was twelve in the first book, then she's like, like fourteen t- or fifteen. Yes, yeah,
0: she- right now. Yep. Yeah, because, like, two years have passed. One year per book. Because we said Katniss is, like, around 18. Yeah. So. I mean, like, I feel like she's pretty mature for a 14-year-old.
1: Well, like, living in a dystopian world, it's, yeah. I think it's to be expected. That true, true. children are more mature than their age.
0: True, true. Okay. Um, next. So, also the fact that Prim can be a doctor and she is going to have that ability, I think it's pretty, pretty awesome. Um, and I think that sort of just, like, shows what Katniss is fighting for and, like, why they're doing this whole rebellion is, like, for opportunities like that and for people to be able to, you know, just do what they want rather than be forced to be coal miners or be whatever district they are in, so. And then... Um, last note, Prim gets very deep here, but I think she is right. Peta's, it, Peta is Snow's only leverage over Katniss. Because, yeah, like, Prim's gone. Prim's, like, Katniss's mom's gone. Haymitch is gone. Sin is gone. Gale's gone. Finnick's gone. Like, maybe Joanna. But, like, you know, it's just he's kind of all that he's got. And like I feel like if Peeta died that would just inspire Katniss to want to fight even more.
1: Right.
0: And do you think
1: that Joanna is still
0: alive? I would hope so. Oh, we haven't like we haven't seen any of her like her in interviews or anything, but I would hope that she's still alive. Um oh yeah, and then also we just Katniss has a little callback where she's like I think back to Joanna Mason from District 7. And I do appreciate the little callback cuz we haven't heard much about her recently so yeah um those are all the those are our nine and ten notes emerson do you have anything else to say about nine and ten before we do the quote and then we dip no i'm good yeah me neither all right so our quote this week is from katniss herself and it's from it's when she's talking to gail and she goes there she is better run you have things to tell her and it's when Gail's Kommunakov starts beeping, and it's President Coin when they're having an argument about how attached he is to President Coin. And I just kind of love the passive aggressiveness. But our last two last two quotes have both been like very passive aggressive, but like you know, just very satisfying to see Gail <laughs> like because I think Candace is pretty val like she's definitely not wrong in feeling this way. Like Gail has been much more loyal to coin recently so mm-hmm. yeah and then um also it reminds me emerson have you seen Hamilton? yes you know the part where like um where they're like right at the end of like it must be nice it must be nice to have washington on your side and then like right or no no no, no, no. what is it the second cabinet battle yep 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 and then it's like like you when he's like you're nothing without Washington behind you and then yeah. immediately like afterwards like Washington's like Hamilton and then he's like better go like daddy's calling yeah and literally like the same thing so that's just something that it made me think of so yeah all right um Emerson do you have anything else to say nope yeah me neither we can do our food segment I mean we probably could have fit it in but I didn't want to have to rush it because I think there's a lot of important things yeah, to talk i
1: have to go in like five minutes.
0: Yeah, so. Okay. All right. Um. So that finishes off today's episode of Capital Chatter. And remember. Panem today. Panem tomorrow. Panem forever. To learn more about Capital Chatter, visit our website. If you've thoughts about what we discussed this week, email us at capital.chatter.pod at gmail.com, all lowercase. If you're enjoying our podcast, leave us a rating. Thanks!